This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is Expectations versus Reality. So here we are, episode 82, episode in which I have my beautiful wife in the studio with me. Say hello, sweetheart. Hello, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) Always has jokes. (laughs) Today we're a little more relaxed, feet up on the desk, going to discuss expectations versus reality and what that means in pertinence to a relationship. You know, any relationship that I've ever been in, whether friendship or intimate relationship with a female, obviously not a male, um, I've always had some sort of expectations going into it. Expectations of whether it be communication that we covered in the last episode, whether it be monetary function, whether it be progression into the future, there's always been some sort of expectation. And that was true in the relationship I have with Lindsay. And I believe if if asked, sweetheart, you probably had expectations of me as well, correct? Yeah, everybody does. I mean, even if you're starting a friendship with somebody, you have an expectation of something. Of course. And what I found is the fact that those expectations typically end up being some sort of limiting factor because anytime you have an expectation, you're almost setting yourself up for some sort of failure. Mm -hmm. Now, you can navigate those troubled waters by openly expressing what those expectations are. And we covered that in the last episode a little bit on the fact of communicating and, and why it's important to share with your partner, you know, just every aspect of your life, what you've been through in the past, what you're going through now. You know, we, I feel like we covered that pretty well in depth. But from that, I don't know that we touch base too, in, too, too deep into what the expectations were of our relationship. No, we probably didn't at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I feel it's important. To, to share that right now. And the expectations I had when we first got together were not what our relationship morphed into. You know, when I first got with you. Yeah, what did you expect? So I expected to ease into a relationship that I didn't know that I expected to get married. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like as a, as a man in your 30s, and maybe it's just a, from a woman's perspective, but like, you don't, it, as you're in your 30s, you're not just going to date somebody just to hang out and then turn around and date somebody else just to hang out. I don't know. I feel like, isn't there an end game? Well, of course, there was an end game of, of knowing that I was in relationships to try to find a partner for life. You just didn't realize I was going to be so phenomenal, did you? I did, I did not. <laughs> I, did, I did not have the expectation of phenomenalness. Right, babe. I'm going to make up a word, phenomenalness, from your side of the table. But, you know, there's. I oftentimes feel that there's this preconceived notion or this expectation that you're just supposed to know that you're going to get married to the person you're dating. When I first met you, admittedly, we covered it in past episodes, I was in another relationship, which makes it difficult to see the forest through the trees. But in the growth of our communication, it eventually became apparent that you had the qualities and criteria that I would want for a life with you. But it wasn't the expectation when I first got with you. I mean, if, if you're honest, the first six months three weeks, whatever the time period is, did you expect to marry me? No, 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 definitely not. Not even a little bit. One, I was, when I met you, still legally married, even though we were going through divorce, separation, all that stuff. still living in the same house. Yeah, we were still living in the same house. Now, separate bedrooms and schedules with G and all that kind of stuff. We still had crap to figure out, but legally, I was still married. The second thing was that you were in a totally other relationship, which I found out about later, so that wasn't an immediate expectation, but... You know, at the same time, even if six months in, even if you're thinking, oh, this could be a person, when they have another relationship, that just kind of... I shot that expectation down pretty quick. I shot that right out the window. No, but but Also, I hadn't been dating anybody for... I've been with the same person forever, so 
I go and the first relationship I have out of my marriage, I'm going to marry them? No, heck no. I thought you were just going to be, uh, you know, a little little fling, a little fun time for me. Right, I mean, exactly. you're hot. Why you're not? you're very is, nice. I mean, that's obvious. But <laughs> in saying that, you know, at what point did you – do you remember crossing that boundary or border – into the fact of thinking that you might actually be able to marry me. Like that it, it went from casual dating to running into a brick wall because I was in another relationship to what time after that did it, it – and it's going to be rough, of course, but yeah. what's the first memory you have of being like, you know, I can actually marry this guy? Um, Funny enough, it was probably like a, a year after we met that we – were we living together at that point? A uh, year? Absolutely. Yeah, we were living together, and I remember thinking, you know, I we had signed, what, an 18-month lease on someplace because we still had to sell your house that you owned when we got into a relationship, mm-hmm. and I still had to get bought out of my house that I had in my marriage. Yep. So we rented somewhere for 18 months, and I remember thinking, like, if it doesn't work out or whatever, this guy turns out to still be an asshole, then it'll only be 18 months and I'll be fine. I remember coming up on that 18 months and and – and deciding what we were going to do and thinking like I probably have invested enough and know him enough and we've grown our relationship enough that this could potentially be somebody that I would marry. But even then, you just said probably and yeah. potentially. Yeah, because I mean, let's be honest, you were for the first six months, maybe eight months, you were a jerk about yeah. the the separate Absolutely. Relationship deal. So I was still a little timid. Maybe, so I would say probably year, year and a half to two years is when I started to solidify the, yeah, he could be my husband. Makes perfect sense to me. And we didn't get engaged till we were together for what, three and a half years, three years? Yeah, give yeah. or take. And that was a lot more. So on, on my side of the fence, I knew when Lindsay stuck with me through being unfaithful. And I knew then that when we put together the pieces of our relationship, and I knew then when I lost basically everything, and she was there and still supported me and was at my side. And then a few months after that, how we kept building and kept communicating, and she didn't just leave based off money. I knew she was the woman I wanted to marry. It was never my expectation was to marry her, and not let her leave. You know, yeah. obviously, she, a woman under her free own free will, she could have left her head she wanted to, but I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. My expectation was that we were then, we went from casually dating to not casually dating to, you know, obviously being in a very serious relationship, cohabitating. I mean, mm-hmm. the first time I've ever lived with a, a female and only like one one address. <laughs> only you know. one female. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> hey, whatever. Jesus. I know, I was a jerk. I, I, can't, I can't go back and, and fix those things. And admittedly, it's gonna sound crazy to say this out loud. I don't want to have fixed those things. I wish I would have been more honest with people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But all those life lessons, all those things that I went through, I often say that we are the combination and culmination of all the things that we've been through. And so had I not made all those mistakes, had I not progressed through my own thought patterns and then been able to invest in myself and invest in our relationship, I don't know that I would be at the same place. Oh, you absolutely would not. No. There's so like, no way. I, I had to go through. 
I, I believe that our entire life is a process. We're always in the process of doing something. Like you might not have the wealth you're searching for or have the job that you're searching for or the relationship you're searching for. But if you are actively pursuing that in your mind, then you should shift into the fact of thinking that you're in the process of acquiring that. Thing. Yes, we've read that a lot in our books. Yeah, absolutely. And so I had to go through the process of learning about relationships and learning about myself and learning about life in order to get to the point of being able to realize when I'm with you after, I'm going to call it a year, whatever it was, that I knew that my expectation was to have you at the end of the aisle one day. Yeah. You also needed that pattern interrupt for you. For sure. To, to be able to pivot that way. So, I mean, I mine probably wasn't as solid as yours that quickly because I we had trust foundation issues that needed to be built up throughout the years that we were together. Absolutely. And it wasn't, I was never testing you. It was never, you know, little benchmarks in my head for you, but it was. Oh, that's not true. That's, that's BS. No, it really wasn't. Yeah, we're all, there's always benchmarks. There's always things that you we have to cross over that boundary. You want to make some, sure some time passed that another yeah, the time was probably drop. the only yeah the time was probably the only benchmark. But I didn't. It wasn't benchmarks as far as you know. Well, let's see if he calls me twelve times this week, and let's see if he like those kind of things. Those are arbitrary. That's that's BS stuff to me. But um, time probably was. I mean, because that's the only factor that that really is going to provide me with. Um, the stability and trust that I was looking for to be able to enter into a marriage. Absolutely. And I had I had been married before, so I was, you know, the trepidation was a little bit heavier for me. Of course. And so, you know, I, I think, I know in past relationships, there had been a quicker expectation from a female's perspective of past women I had dated that they had expected us to get engaged prior to the reality of me being ready to be engaged. Why do you think that is? Did you set that expectation for them or did, did they? Like, would you say something about marriage or engagement or ring oh, shopping or I'm, all that? I'm sure I absolutely was saying those things because I thought they were appropriate. Like, that's the progression that we all, that my expectation was, okay, you date somebody for 18 months. There's nothing really horribly wrong with them. There's nothing that is atrociously off-center. Mm -hmm. There's some things, again, I arbitrarily rated on a scale of 1 to 10 that they had 7 or 8 of the 10 things. Yeah, we talked about that last time. Those two things become big deals. For sure they do. And so, yeah, I would have brought up the fact of, oh, you know, you know, as they're questioning me about where the relationship is going instead of me being truthful in that moment and being able to say, oh, you know, these other things need to change, mm -hmm. I would cower to that pressure because of fear of loss. Yeah. And start to talk about, you know, yeah, we should go ring shopping or look at houses or whatever the things are that one says. I'm sure I absolutely said all those things. Not and proud of it, but I'm, I'm positive. I mean, I, I can go back down memory lane in my mind right. and probably remember two or three different relationships in which I said those things. And so then they, they are seeing their expectations come to reality and it wasn't on the same path as your expectations versus what your reality was. Absolutely. And all based off the fact of I was afraid to tell the truth. I was afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. I was afraid to address what I really needed or wanted. It just, it, it's, it's really deplorable in hindsight, but it was the reality that I was living. Yeah. And it's part of your growth story as a, as a multifaceted, multi-wonderful human being now. Multi-wonderful. That's right. I I'm just not, made that up I've too. I've not heard multi-wonderful before. What it, you made up a word earlier. We can both make up I words. I now. mean, it's our show. <laughs> <laughs> so in in that initial expectation versus reality, the, the expectation that we jumped into the relationship with was really just to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not this. I had always assumed 
that there was just some magic force that came upon you that had you just know like this is the person you're supposed oh, to be yeah. with? Oh yeah, everybody ever says like you just know it's the one. You just know. Sure, you can like I can love you to pieces, but if you don't have all the things that I need in a partner, love is not going to be enough. Of course, and with no question. And so as our relationship evolved and progressed, then we started to get into the financial part of our, our life where you've, in your previous relationship, in your previous life, you have always been associated with someone that had a, I'll say an entrepreneurial job where they worked in a pseudo corporate environment where they mm-hmm. knew there was going to be a guaranteed amount of income plus bonuses, whatever they, there was. And so your expectation coming in was, look, that if, if I'm so presumptuous, but that there's always going to be just steady income coming in. Yeah, I mean, I I had always been, um, you know, in a professional setting, I guess you would say. Of course. And with that expectation came a couple speed bumps. I mean, obviously, I've shared the fact that from my entrepreneurial spirit, I went all in on a business that failed Mm -hmm. and ended up being completely broke, basically. And then, you know, when I met Lindsay, I had houses and cars and bikes and toys and watches and all types of crazy things that you buy when you're in your mid to late 20s when you're making more money than you think you know what to do with. And instead of investing it and thinking uh, prudently for the future, just kind of squander the cash because I think it's always going to be available. Yep. And it w- certainly wasn't always available. Like my expectation in those moments mm-hmm. were, oh, there's just a never ending well of money because I know how to make cash using the internet. I can always make 30, 40, 50 grand, whatever the numbers are. Like I can always make money. And then I went all in on a business and it just didn't work. Yep. And so that expectation that I had was, was false, and that carried over then into our relationship where you know, we set the groundwork in the first 12 months or so that there's always cash sitting around. And we hadn't fully, or at least I hadn't fully disclosed where I was at financially. No, I, it wasn't until you were, I mean, in all honesty, it wasn't until you were forced to with your house Yeah. that I knew how bad it was or how much went left when you expected it to go right with your business. Yeah. And so you had always maintained that you were financially stable and that you were making good money and like there was never an issue there and so Mm -hmm. that that part kind of came out of left field um so what i was doing in that situation i had a rental property that was cash flow positive Mm -hmm. i was making more money than the mortgage was on said property and as my business took a turn for the worst and i was in the process of either you know becoming employed or, or launching new opportunities what I was doing was taking the cash that was coming in as rent payments and I was using that to live our life where I wasn't making the mortgage payment I was just right. literally sweeping the cash and being like all right we're good like I, it's like this at the end of every month there was this breath of fresh air that came of like drowning but I'm able to just get my head above water and take a big 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 lung filled breath just to barely coast out through the next month yeah because I was using Using the rental income. And I had no idea. None. No. So, th- you know, this expectation had been created during that time period that there was always cash that, you know, I'd, I'd have to assume from where you sat that I looked like I had my shit together. You really did. I mean, I I thought that, that you had a plan and you had a business and not that it would have mattered. I mean, I, it really wouldn't have mattered whether you made 40 grand a year or 400 grand a year. Mm-hmm. But I just had no idea what was going on. So my expectation was that you had a stable business with stable income and and that part of life was going to be stable. Because I then, it, and when we um, first got together, first couple of years, I had a steady job with a steady income. Like yep. I, you know, same career that I had for years and years. So nothing had changed for me. 
No, and, and what had happened on my side is, you know, Lindsay was coming out of a marriage where her and her ex-husband had essentially just built a new house, mm-hmm. and I knew that he had a, a career and a job that afforded them nice luxuries in life. They had lived down in Florida and moved around and, you know, didn't want for anything. Not necessarily they were multimillionaires by any means, but had a, a good steady a, a good living. You know, yeah, some of the most we had a very comfortable life. There was never, we never worried about anything. Of course. So I'm setting myself up that I'm thinking that not necessarily that Lindsay's materialistic, but the expectation that I have for her is, okay, look, she's used to this lifestyle. And when I met her, I could offer her the same lifestyle, if not even a better one. Mm-hmm. And my expectation to her is the fact of, oh gosh, like I have to keep this lifestyle up or I'm going to lose her. And some of that's from my past stories and some of that's from past relationships of things I had set up for myself, not because necessarily the partner was thinking that way, but I had created some monsters that I'm not necessarily proud of with those you know, past partners, past relationships, or showering them with gifts. But I think I've shared in multiple episodes that I was doing that based off the fact of internal insecurities for all the nonsense I was doing. So the way right. that I was able to work through that was I'd get a big payday and we'd go on a vacation or, or buy purses or bags or cars or whatever the things were that I was buying, like just this ridiculous way to live life. But it was all because I couldn't tell the truth. Like that's really at the core basis. I just couldn't tell the damn truth. And so, you know, we've built this facade or I had built this facade with Lindsay of an expectation that there's just always going to be cash sitting around. <laughs> yeah, you really did. Yeah. And I mean, again, it would have made a difference to me. It it was just another shock factor when you said, you know, I've been using rent money to live life and pay bills and, you know, I... I'm really upside down on this house, and can you bail me out? Yeah. Yep, and, and what ended up happening in that situation was, fortunately, Lindsay had some cash sitting around, and so we were able to catch up the mortgage payment and then go ahead and almost instantly put the house on the market for sale. Yeah, we did. And, and able to sell the house and make a couple bucks on selling the house yep. and get her back her cash and, you know, really come out pretty much in a wash. Like, it, it wasn't a – it impacted household cash flow for a short period of time, but eventually when the house sold everything – essentially zeroed itself back out. Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously turned out just fine. Yeah. But yeah, it was a it was just kind of a shock. My my uh, reality did not meet up with the expectation on that one. Yeah, of, of, of course. <laughs> and and same, same thing as, as we progress into the future, you know, I had this expectation in my head that eventually we would have this idealistic situation with Lindsay and Gianna and her ex-husband, that we would all just have this amazing relationship where we could, you know, communicate openly and co-parent Gianna. Because at the end of the day, all I care about for Gianna is the fact that she has the best chance of being the best adult human being that she's capable of. Yes, and we talk about that often. And unfortunately, our expectation, you and I, for that relationship has not become the reality. No. I mean, and, and we all walk our own path and we all go through our own struggles and and things in life and lord knows I'm I'm certainly as you as you know I'm not perfect in any capacity I don't even imagine to be but w- the reality of the situation is that Lindsay's ex and I don't speak nope. and it's it's for our own reasons I suppose I mean we both probably tried in our own right to get on the same page we just haven't been able to yet and so no. there's this it may come it may not but uh you know we've talked about this before 
that the expectation is that we will have some kind of semblance of kumbaya for Gianna because that is what's important. We're grown ass people, like we're developed adults. She's still cooking. So we need to make sure that she, you know, bakes all the way and has all the ingredients she needs to be a, a, a good, successful adult. Absolutely. And my expectation to set that frame the right way, my expectation has never been to be buddy-buddy. I don't ever want, you know, your ex to come to the house for dinner. And yeah, you like, guys aren't going to go grab beers, and you shouldn't. No, it's just not. I've never cared for that. I mean, I don't want to think about you guys spending time together and the fact yeah. you're married. I mean, we've all have, we all have a past. It's not the end of the world. But I want my expectation is eventually we get to the point where we can show up at gymnastics or show up at birthday parties and shake each other's hands and have some really surface level conversation, which I admittedly hate. But realizing the fact that that's the level of communication that I'm going to be comfortable with mm-hmm. of just, you know, how's your business? How's life? What do you notice about Gianna at your house? Some really simple things like that is my expectation in the future. It's called co-parenting because you guys are both her parents. Yes. So. But the reality of the situation is situation is in this moment and for the past really probably three years or so two and a half years whatever the timetable would be we just have not been able to get on the same page him and i have not been able to communicate you know we've we've like i said we both tried in our own ways we've had our our conversations where we thought we were getting somewhere and uh, the ball just hasn't bounced right down the middle of the court yet nope it may it may not again we, we, we do the best that we can but you know you can only communicate from one side and if the other party's not willing to do something and do their side of it then it doesn't go anywhere absolutely and <laughs> without pointing fingers i'm just as guilty oh yeah well i'm yeah i wasn't pointing fingers at him yeah. it's it's both of you guys but i get that yeah like at this point i've i've stopped even trying to communicate where i should keep extending that olive branch like is it's literally a revelation I'm having at this moment as we're recording this episode <laughs> that there is no reason why I have to expect him to come up, that the next time I see him, I should just walk up to him, extend my hand and say, hey, how you doing? Yep. And we talked about this last week. You know, it's be truthful, be honest in what you want, communicate that and how he receives it and reacts to it no longer is your issue. No, it's crazy. That's Ta-da! just as, mu- just as much my fault right now as it is his. <laughs> Man, that's wild. Nonetheless, you know, we, same thing as, as we get into, to me, our, our fitness. Like, I have been a consummate user of anabolic steroids from, gosh, 19 to 33 or so. Yeah, you stopped uh, late. Not maybe 34. I guess I'm 34 yeah, now. Yeah, you so stopped, I stopped before your birthday. So it was October, September, October last year. Yeah, yep. And so my expectations were that I would always be able to feel like this big powerful, strong, juiced up meathead. Like, I don't know how to really explain what it feels like to be on anabolics. And it's, it, there's all these stories that the world tells you that if you take steroids, you're going to have a massive temper and you're going to have acne and you're going to have, you're going to be bald. And there's going to be all these crazy things that happen. Like that's society's expectation. I feel like for what is supposed to happen. I tell you the reality of my situation is, and I'll let you speak on it, Lindsay, that has never happened to me. So now seeing both sides of it and being with you for as long as we've been together, there is zero difference between my husband on steroids and my husband off of steroids. Zero. Yeah. Other than you have lost 20 pounds. Well, probably closer to 30. But of how, like of like good fat weight, like things you needed to lose, puffiness and bloatedness and water weight and fat. You don't look any smaller to me. Mm -hmm. You look healthier to me, more functional to me. But your personality is 100% the same. 
Yeah, and, I, and I've always said to people that have asked, I've been very vocal. I stopped running from the fact I took anabolic sometime in my mid-20s. I mean, you can't walk around at 290 pounds at under 10% body fat <laughs> Not, and just magically yeah. think, oh, gosh, this guy's just au natural. So now I own the fact pretty quickly that, look, I'm on anabolics, but there's this whole misconception that you're just going to be a jerk. And really what ends up happening is you're more of who you already are. I, I equate it to alcohol. You know, there's some people that when they drink. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good that's a that's a good analogy. I like that one. Yeah. When, you know, maybe you drink beer or Jack Daniels, whatever the thing is that you drink. And there's some people that when they drink, they're just ready to get in a fight like they're just jerks. I'm going to guess that that person, my expectation of that person is the yeah. fact that they're probably always internally a little bit of a jerk. They just become like their inhibitions run wild. Yes. When they gives them the pass. Yeah. When they get get the influence of alcohol in them. Literally the same thing that happens with anabolics. It just brings out more of what's already dormant inside of you. Yeah. And you're a really easygoing, very chill, hard to push, hard on your sleeve, good person. And so that's just more of who you are. Right. But when you first, when you first saw me, when we go back to, you know, first time dating in the gym, I mean, what was your expectation of me walking? Again, I was a six, I'm 6'2". Six I was probably 290 pounds. I'll say probably the expectation of a quintessential meathead. Like, oh, what did you assume? I stereotyped you so bad on that. I thought... First of all, I was like, okay, he's 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 big, he's super attractive, he seems to like care about how he looks physically, which is nice, you know, somebody that takes care of himself, which means he is a meathead, probably stupid, and probably doesn't have like a, a good job. Yeah. Would, like would, I, I thought like, you know, maybe you worked at a gym and were just like chilling at the front desk and that's how you liked to, you know, I, I had no idea, but I, I pushed you into that box. You were going to be a meathead, not very intelligent and, you know, not not educated to have a, a good job. Of course. I mean, the expectation that society has or yep. specifically you had. Totally stereotyped you on that one. I feel guilty for it, but I have to fully admit that one. It's the way it works. I mean, it's. It's the reality of the situation very rarely lines up with the expectation. Of course, mm-hmm. stereotypes exist most of the time because in some capacity there has been enough run rate to show that they could be true. Like if you lined up They 40, exist for a reason in some yeah, aspects, yeah. Forty juiced up meathead bodybuilder guys, I'm gonna guess more than half of them, my expectation of half of them would be that they do work in a gym mm-hmm. or some environment. Or they're personal trainers or you yeah. know they're yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. But, I mean, it, it fits into the same box. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it, it fits into that stereotype box. You work at a gym. You, you know, you train people. Like, that's that's your lifestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. And so the reality of the situation obviously was much different. At the time I met Lindsay, I had income and a successful job. I mean, we've covered all these things. They were, I don't know how intelligent I was at that moment, but. Oh, you're extremely smart, and you were extremely smart from the start. So I remember having a conversation with you, and my expectation was that it was going to be painful, which is probably maybe why we didn't talk for a couple weeks. I just like to look at you because you were pretty. And that's messed up. (laughs) I just (laughs) thought, you know, he's going to be ornamental for a while, but you were functional too. Ornamental and functional, which is not often a combination that you find. So we had a conversation, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy – like he speaks well, he's intelligent, he's got a nice voice, he is articulate, like this is going to be all right. Yeah, I, I actually have been told multiple times I have a face for radio, so it worked out okay. You don't have a face for radio. Uh-huh, I hear you. So, often, t- like it's, it's so many times in, in our relationship or just in life where the expectations of what goes on are vastly different from the reality. Like, 
as we get into, Lindsay has had this hobby, passion, side project, oh, whatever you want to say. This is a good one. This uh, is a good one. Of riding horses, you know, and she, and she has hunters and jumpers or whatever the right things are to say, where she's been a, I feel like almost semi-professional equestrian athlete. And through that, I had this expectation of, you know, you buy a horse or you lease a horse and that's, that's it. Like it's, it's, a, it's kind of this thing that just, just happens and, you know, that's going to be what it's going to be. How'd re- that reality smack you in the face, babe? Yeah, the reality of that situation is nowhere near that, where it is a very expensive hobby Mm -hmm. or sport to be a part of, and the horse is the least expensive part of the entire equation. And at some point, I I think there was it was either my brother or my dad said this to you that that buying the horse is the easy part; the rest of the sport is the expense. Yeah, and, and admittedly, <laughs> I can even I can I've I've now swallowed the expense. Like this, the expense is just part of daily life. It's just part of the operation of our of our household. But I haven't quite gotten to the point yet of understanding the four hours it takes to go to the barn to ride the horse, to clean the horse, to play with the horse, to feed the horse, to do all the horse <laughs> stuff. Like I think it's all horse shit, is what I think. For, I know, babe. From from my side. And I say I say that with you know a smile on my face. I know it brings you incredible joy. Like I I know it fills your soul. It's something mm. that's important for you. Yeah, it is something I need to function in life. Which is ironic because we've only had that for the past nine months. I know, which is nuts. But like, so the the time that I was probably somewhere between six and eight years old until now I'm 36, I have been involved, or had, or ridden, or something with horses somewhere in the equestrian sport. From the time that I moved from Wellington, Florida to last year, so the, the basically the time that you've known me, four and a half years, I did not have horses in my life because it was a, it was a huge transition, right? I moved, so I didn't take any horses that, from Florida to Ohio, mm-hmm. and then I got divorced, so that doesn't really bode well for a financial situation to care for horses. Got reestablished, got jobs you know, normal stuff. And then it was like, okay, are we going to be in a comfortable position now to have horses again? And you kept pushing me to do it. And I kept operating in that mindset of scarcity and saying, yeah, you know, it's, it's expensive and oh, it's okay. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And I finally said, well, okay, here we go. (laughs) And now you're like, oh man, you're just foot and mouth over there. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. for frame, frame of reference, and I won't, of course, jump into the specific details, but imagine whatever the nicest car is you could ever fathom driving. Like, I'm a car guy, worked in the car industry, love cars. Take the most expensive lease or purchase, you know, whatever you could think that is. I will guarantee you that the monthly expenditures of a horse outweigh whatever that lease payment could be. It's just the way it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's truly insane so if you're if you are listening to this and you are considering getting in the horse in the equestrian don't world, do it <laughs> go buy multiple horsepower versus a horse because you could, it's, it's just it's a less expensive way to go and there's, there's some resale value on the backside. i know in in all seriousness so there's there's so many aspects in life where we have this false expectation that sets the frame for how we operate life that when you debunk the expectations and you start just living in the moment like just be here now just be present and expect nothing life gets a lot better yeah do you think that what would have been your expectations historically in business versus the reality we know that you know you had 
a business that failed, mm -hmm. but as you have been developing as an entrepreneur and different projects, how do you define your expectations for that business and then kind of poke holes in it for what the reality is going to be? That's a good question. So on my side now, I've been trained to take a little more time to map out the reality of a situation prior to really getting deep in the expectations where I always expect things to happen much quicker than they do. I mean, just I'm a, that is 100% how you operate. Yes. Yeah, I'm more than a glass half full guy. I am. I have an endless supply of water around me. I'll figure out how to fill up the glass yes. and buy four more glasses and fill them up and get my friends glasses full of water. Like mm -hmm. that is truly how every and you aspect, think that's going to take 30 seconds at best. I mean, most of the time I think I can do it in 15 or, 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 or less. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And what happens is in business, there's just these left and right turns that come down the, the entrepreneurial path that I can never see. You know, you can't see around the bend. You don't know what's on the other side of the, of the bushes. And so the expectation I have is it's going to be easy because I've had nothing that's worthwhile is ever easy, but I've had success that has felt easy in my life. You know, selling cars was very easy to me. I'm mm -hmm. very, very comfortable in the sales environment. And then running car dealerships was also very easy to me. As I jumped into affiliate marketing and web hosting, that was easy to me. And then going out on my own, there has been time periods where there was immense ease. Like the expectation was just simplicity. But as I operate now, it's not always so easy. Like the expectation that I have is that it's, it's really shifted. The expectation is I will always get to the finish line. I'm always going to figure out how to be successful. But the reality of the situation is it's going to take a lot longer than I, than I wanted. There's... Mm -hmm. I'm expecting now there to be forks in the road that I don't know which one to take and that I'm going to have to just pick one and That's go. been a big shift for you. Huge. Because it's it's real. Like I, I, I've now been fortunate to level up my associations and have some really phenomenal mentors and friends and business partners and different things and to see that none of us are insulated or isolated from – just the twists and turns that happen in life. Yeah, what like, your expectation is versus what reality serves you. Yeah, you know, you, you you see these people on social media, to me specifically, and you expect that, man, they just, they're driving a Ferrari. and They, they have, have their shit together. They have business, they're flying on a private plane. Like, they got it all figured out, and then you get to meet these people. I've been fortunate enough to meet these people, and you realize, like, the reality of the fact is it's taken them 10, 15, 20 years to get there, and... Every day they wake up with the same pit in their stomach of like, it's a day of the day I might fuck this all up mm -hmm. because that's real. Like mistakes happen there and you try to become more intelligent and more wise to these situations and surrounding yourself with good mentors and, and good people in your life to give you counsel helps make those situations much easier, but it's always there. Mm -hmm. Like that, the reality of the situation is always much different than, than the expectation. Yeah, that's been a big hurdle for me personally because I, as I have gone out on my own and we've done stuff then together as well, leaving the expectation of, you know, what you put out there for it to be versus the reality of what it's been, that's been a big hurdle because I was I was a traditional professional setting, you know, steady income, knew it was coming in, knew how to structure life. And it's been a, a the reality of that has been a change because that's not my reality anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's just the way life is. Like every once in a while, just to understand the fact that the only thing that I can expect out of life is that it's a process. Mm -hmm. Like that is the only guarantee that in my mind I can ever process through is that it is truly a process. No matter where you're at today versus where you hope to get to, 
you are truly every day, if you're thinking about it, in the process of achieving whatever that is. You know, whether it's a relationship and you want to you, you end up being married or you want to find your, your dream girl or guy or whatever these things are, you have to open yourself up to the experience. You have to be willing to receive those gifts from the universe and the way my mind works. But the expectation instead of like, I'm going to find my partner today, to know that you, I'm just in the process of finding that person. It might not be today. Yeah, and that language that, you know, how you phrase that puts that energy out into the world. Absolutely. And, and same thing when it comes down to, to the business world. You know, the, the expectations of, I'll say, quick money or massive success that come overnight is not so simple. Like, that's, that's not how the real world works. It's the fact of my expectations now that I'm always in the process of attracting and receiving that abundance. I mean, I post that on social media quite often. Like, that's one of my daily mantras. I say to myself over and over again as I'm meditating that I'm always in the process of accepting and receiving abundance because I know the more I put my mind in that space, that eventually will become my reality. I just can't get bogged down in the moment of knowing, oh, today was just not a good day at the office. Like, something broke or didn't make any money today or whatever the things are. Yeah. But there's something that you did during that day that puts you in the process of creating more. 100% every day. And really the same thing is true in my body as well. You know, I had this crazy story that I built that I would only feel attractive or look good if I was big, like this this big massive man. And I, I, for the quote unquote regular world walking around at 265, I'm still a good sized guy at 6'2". But the reality of the situation is I'm in the process of becoming the healthiest I've ever been before. Yes. More functional, more aesthetic, a smaller waist. Like just I feel better in my own skin based off of how my body functions. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a a crazy story to start retelling myself that the expectation of having to be the biggest guy has now been completely shattered. Like I don't expect to ever be that again. No, but now you're a functional athlete. We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that. Well, it, that's your process. Yeah. There's, there's a process of every day hitting really two gyms, a boxing gym and a lifting gym to to work on functional strength and then athletic prowess that at this current moment in life, I, I have my eyes set on a boxing match. It'll happen sometime late in September. And then the next benchmark I have for myself is to become a, an Ironman, which is going to require a whole different you know, process to go through yes. where it's going to be very difficult to compete as an Ironman at 260 pounds. Like that's above the Clydesdale division. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are a Clydesdale at that, at that level. Absolutely. And so what I really want to encourage you to consider is the fact that the expectations that you have at this moment might be limiting the success you can have. Really in every aspect of your life, whether it's your relationship and you expect that your partner is going to be something they're not. Like drop those expectations and start with communication. Start with expressing what you hope and realize that it's a process to get there. Mm-hmm. And knowing the fact that if your partner doesn't line up that way, that's okay to call it quits. Go find somebody else. Like that person might not be, you might have expected to marry that person and have to call it quits. Rather know it up front than go to the finish line and end up getting divorced. Don't settle on your list. Whatever your list is, just don't settle on it. That person is out there for you. I guarantee it. I mean, we found it. Yes. Same thing when it comes to your business. You know, the expectation might be that you're going to get that promotion next month. But the ball doesn't bounce that way. You just have to understand the fact that you're in the process of gaining more knowledge and more skill and more ability to put yourself on the right light to be accepted for that. Like that. That's just a process you're going through. And really in your body, like you could be overweight from years of bad eating or, you know, drinking or whatever the things are. And maybe not overweight in a clinical sense, but overweight for how you feel. 
understand the fact that the expectation that it's gonna you're gonna go to the gym for three weeks and feel better is vastly different from the reality. It's gonna be a process, the same process you went through to alter your body from your natural state into a, a, a less healthy state. It's gonna take at least equal amount of time to get that off and, and to recalibrate yourself. And so as you analyze these expectations versus reality, and you start understanding that life is a process and not a destination, when you think that way every day, you find out that you can get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.